Hi, and welcome to Paperback Readers. I'm Joe, that's Julie, and uh, it's going to be probably an abbreviated episode, a lot going on. and uh, Lots of Christmas shopping we've had to do. Yeah, not, not so much reading, and then uh, it is almost time for us to do our year in review, which is always a lot of fun and a big deal. Yeah, it is. I've started looking back over my books, and we've read so many good things this year. Oh, yeah, like every year. <laughs> yeah, but actually we only have a couple of things for each of us to talk about before we get into our super interesting shared read. Mm-hmm. And a good one coming up as well, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, you go first this time. What have you been reading? I'm continuing that long Burlingame audio series on Lincoln. We've got him uh, through the Emancipation Proclamation now, so I'll uh, get him to Ford's Theater before too long, but... Uh, I've talked about that at length. No real need to go any deeper on it. We uh, went to Ford's Theater in the summer, what, a year ago? I don't know, when something like that. And our daughter fell asleep. She's and now, not the only one. Now when you say Ford's Theater, that's what I think about the first like real air-conditioned <laughs> long time that she'd gotten to sit down that day, and she put her head on my shoulder and went to sleep. And you had a mutual society of sleepers, which is what you're trying to avoid saying, but she had company. Um, then uh, I did reread Basketball, A Love Story, which is a great oral history uh, about the game of basketball. I read that to our son over a long period of time. I think some parts he enjoyed and some parts he was kind of confused by. You guys have been reading it forever. I can hardly believe you're finished with it. I mean, it's a 400-page book. It's a lot of reading. Probably the highlight or low light was when I hit the parts about the European players and I tried to at least vaguely uh, adapt to their mode of speech. Guys like Vladi Divac, I've heard talk so much. I feel like I can halfway talk like Vladi Divac, but I probably just completely butchered it. Okay, I missed all of that. Well. Yeah, you did. You did. You should pay more attention. That's the moral of this story. Then a book that I've had on my shelf for a while, was really excited to get into The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson by Jeff Perlman. Um, I've talked about some of Jeff's other stuff on here before. His books about the, the Lakers, both the 1980s Lakers, the one that was made into an HBO miniseries. Uh, and then the one about the Shaq and Kobe Lakers were both fun. I read his book about Brett Favre. Um, the Bo Jackson book has a lot of promise and has some great moments. But on the whole, I felt a little disappointed with it. And maybe I'm a little disappointed with it because at the end of the day, the reality of Bo Jackson is never as big as the mythology. It just can't be. I mean, Bo Jackson, he, his point in calling it the last folk hero is Bo Jackson is kind of the last great athlete who did unbelievable things before everything was on video. We'll never have another Bo Jackson because now you go, Oh my gosh, this guy jumped over Volkswagen. Well, what's the first thing you say, you know, pics or it didn't happen video or it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Bo Jackson did things that people can't do, shouldn't do. Uh, but he's like barely the guy who did this before your city real proof of it. So it exists largely in the memories of the people who saw it. Um, and then the, the like Paul Bunyan-esque stories of Bo Jackson and in the Tecmo Super Bowl video game, <laughs> which there was a nice bit in here about that. 
and how actually his football career was over when Tecmo Super Bowl came out. He he had a horrific hip injury in an NFL game that ended his football career. Uh, but the the guy who made the game talked about how, yeah, he basically made Bo Jackson better than every other player in the game. And, and if you played Nintendo games, uh, then you know what I'm talking about. And if not, yeah, it's uh, another example where the mythology of the guy is probably bigger than the, the reality. Uh, I like Perlman. I like all of his books. Uh, those ones about the Lakers. I think he's also the guy who did the book about the USFL football for Buck. Hmm. If so, I might start with those. Uh, but if you if you want to read up on Bo Jackson, it's um, pretty comprehensive. I definitely learned some things. But uh, in the end, maybe maybe not knowing's half the battle. All right. Well, what I have been reading. Two of them, I can't really talk about a ton, so. <laughs> uh, the first one is Pappy Land by Wright Thompson, which we mentioned last week. And if you listened to last time's episode, then you already know that it's going to be our next shared read. So I don't really want to go back into what we said last week or in all the great things that we're going to say next time. Mm-hmm. Because you've started it and you think it's excellent too, right? Yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. A long way to go. but It uh... is, of course, a story about the whiskey but also about the family and the mythology and how we create the stories about our lives we want to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot wait to talk to all of you about this one next time, but I just I don't want to say a lot about it right now. Um, except that it is probably one of my top books of the year. I checked it out from the library. I've already bought my own copy. <laughs> it is great. All right, and then I read The Making of Another Major Motion Picture Masterpiece by Tom Hanks. Your good friend, Tom Hanks. My good friend, yeah. You know, I saw him from a distance as he was speaking (laughs) at this conference I went to in November. The whole conference was fantastic, but Tom Hanks was definitely a highlight for me. Um, I had not really been that interested in reading either of his books. Just a little curious about them, but not really excited, interested until I heard him speak and talk about his writing process. And he's just so interesting and so fun and really the persona that he projects in speaking is very much like the persona that he has in some of his movies and so I decided to read this one and this one is about the making of a movie which um and it goes all the way to the origins of the movie to like the inspiration for the comic that eventually became the seed for this movie and all of the characters involved with it all the way through. So first of all, I thought it was just such a really fun look into all of the things that go into making a movie, all the things that I would not have thought about and all the things that are just fascinating the way he writes about them. It felt like a really low stakes kind of book for me because there was no conflict in the book that was um, incapable of being overcome. Mm-hmm. Like you felt very safe the whole time. Whatever you know, minor trials and dramas come up amongst the movie makers, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. the 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 movie is going to get made and it's going to be great. But what I really just found the most fun of the about this book is the fact that. Um, like I told a friend when when I started reading that he 
he has just such a weird little writing style. It felt kind of uneven to me at first. And then the longer I read, the more I was like, oh, no, that's You've Got Mail. That's, um, you know, this other movie. <laughs> like, I could hear his voice coming out from all these different personas he has inhabited over the years in his characters. And I, I've followed lots of them because I really do love Tom Hanks and I've watched a lot of his movies. So it was really just kind of fun to me to see those pieces click together. The ending, I thought, was worth the rest of the book. And his acknowledgments at the end when he um, mentioned Nora Ephron, that was worth the rest of the book to me too. So I definitely think it is, it's not a book, I don't think that's really going to change anybody's life, but it was fun and entertaining. It kept me going all the way through. And if you like Tom Hanks, you really, you got to read his book. I always enjoy when a celebrity goes somewhere offbeat with a book. There was a, uh, Drew Carey wrote a book which was like half memoir and half a collection of short stories once. And the short stories were dark and strange. And on the one hand, I didn't really love them. But on the other, I was like, well, you know, you did something different. That was not what I expected. Well, so and I tip my hat there. From what you told me about the memoir, the short stories sounded more like him than his show. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway. All right. Then the last thing that I read is the shared read that we're about to talk to you about, and it is Michael Lewis's book, Going Infinite, The Rise and Fall of a New Tycoon. You are a giant Michael Lewis fan. Well, I'm, I'm 5'11". All right, all right. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, no, I really do. I like a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah, obviously, the the sports books, Moneyball, and uh, oh, shoot, what's the... The Blind Side. Blind Side, was what I was struggling to come up with. Uh, there's a great book about the 1996 Republican presidential primary field that he wrote called Losers, which is kind of my understated Michael Lewis uh, book. I mean, he, he profiles all the front runners, but there's this little fringe guy from nowhere who gets 2,000 votes who's really by far the most interesting character in the whole thing. And I, I didn't read that one, did I? I don't think no, I it's on my shelf in there. Okay. I mean, you know, I can I can hook you up. This one was the one that I was probably the least interested in reading at first because this book is about cryptocurrency. Yeah. And one of the front runners of cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, and I just don't find cryptocurrency that interesting to read about. I mean, I like it's interesting to know about, but to read a whole book about, I thought this is going to be really boring. This book was not boring. No, not at all. No, and and I will admit freely, some of his financial based stuff, and he's written several books around finance, can get a little uh, lost ball in the weeds for me pretty quick because I'm not an insider on this stuff. And it, it's funny, I told you I've written in one of my writing jobs. Mm -hmm. I end up writing about crypto and its its regulation or lack thereof, not infrequently. But I said, I, I admittedly, I write about this, but I don't really understand it. I have the, the faintest of big picture ideas of it. And I was interested in it just to gain some more depth on it. Although he, I love that he just kind of passes the buck on that. Kind of a third of the way into the book, he's like, so crypto, what is it really? Well, you can read about it other places, but those definitions are also arbitrary and useless anyway. Who cares? So anyway, yeah, my story. There were several points in the book where he'd put a footnote and he'd be like, so you're probably wondering this. And I'm like, yes. So am I. And then he's like, yeah, so nobody knows. Or you could go look here if you want more info, but it's really irrelevant to our story. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, he did a really good job. I say it's about crypto, but it's not really about no. crypto. It's about... Sam Bankman-Fried, yes. is that how you say his last name? That is it. 
Um, it's about him. And so I really thought one of the things Lewis did really well with this book was not get distracted by all the ins and outs of cryptocurrency because you could write about that a million different ways and you could go down a million different rabbit holes. Everything that he did in this book was related to the story of Sam Bankman-Fried, who was one of the major players in cryptocurrency, which is why cryptocurrency matters at all in the cur- in yeah, the story yeah, of this book. And, and it's about Sam. Sam and FTX, which was his company. Um, I have to engage in the mildest of spoilers here. Uh, so plug your ears and say la 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 for about 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. But largely what this book ended up reminding me of is Citizen Kane. Absolutely, Citizen Kane to its core. It's a profile of this fascinating, broken individual. And what broke him, why he is who he is, what made him amazing, what made him ultimately doomed. See, I don't um, think any of that's a spoiler because he's a real life person and yeah, I mean, you, story's you been can, in the news. You can so, look at yeah. Google for 30 seconds and you can get the cliff's notes of what's happened with him. I think what you're saying is just very, very much what Michael Lewis was trying to do in this book. I yeah. think that's a really astute observation to compare yeah. Sam to the Citizen Kane story. Oh, it totally, it is. It, it felt cinematic to me in the same way. And in the same way that I finished Citizen Kane and I don't know that I loved Citizen Kane, but I appreciated Citizen Kane, and I shook my head and went, man, that that was pretty wild. That ultimately ended up being kind of my reaction to going infinite. I don't know that I like Sam Bankman-Fried. I found him at times fascinating, at times just so childish and bizarre that that I struggled with him, but at the end of the day, man, he was something. Even Even if I didn't, I might not have him do a dinner party, but I enjoyed getting a look at, it, at the inside of his life for 200 and something pages. Well, the thing is, at the end of the day, he's just a human being like the rest of us. He's just playing on a much bigger stage um, and, and with much bigger risks and yeah, um, yeah. you know, much bigger stakes than the rest of us do. But he's a person just trying to figure out a spot in the world and how he can do something to benefit the rest of humanity. Well, and, and a shortcut around the way things are. This is a, a Michael Lewis trope here. He loves outside-the-box thinkers. He loves people who will short-circuit the traditional process. Somebody who's got a way, you know, to, to, to make a wheel that takes three steps instead of four fascinates him. The Sam's the kind of guy who wants to do it on one step, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately going to be doomed, but... but I think it almost feel like a Michael Lewis book is like a scientific theory experiment where it's like there's a hypothesis and even if the data doesn't come back exactly the way we want, we look at it and go, well, maybe we got a little bit closer. Maybe if you did this, but instead of doing that, you tried that wrinkle, you'd end up where you wanted to end up. But what Michael Lewis is always writing about ultimately is the human psyche. And he is always ultimately writing about just the most interesting human beings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the best part about whatever he... I mean, you could say, okay, so he's writing about a presidential race, or he's writing about cryptocurrency, he's writing about football. No, he is always 100% writing about people, the most fascinating people, and then the most interesting things about them. People who can find value in obscure locations or redefine 
the metrics of value. Yeah, these are the things that fascinate him. And then he makes it fascinating to the rest of he us. He sure does. Yeah, even if I don't always understand what he's talking about, I'm invested. And that's even true with baseball. I mean, yeah, he, he, he can get deep in the weeds. And on this one, a few times he really does. But my gosh, I, I, I was just thrilled with this book. Uh, I enjoyed it as much as I have any of his. And if you have any interest in that modern-day Citizen Kane, Sam Bankman-Fried, or, or crypto, I guess, without too much of an <laughs> inner detailed uh, understanding of it, then this might be a great place for you. Yeah, this was a thoroughly enjoyable book, and I really liked getting to talk to you about it as we read it. So if you read this book and don't have somebody else to discuss it with, please email us or message us, because we would love to talk about this one with Just you. Just don't ask me to define crypto, because, <laughs> uh, you know, yep, not me. All right, so next time we're going to be talking about Pappy Land by mm -hmm. Wright Thompson. It does have a subtitle. I don't have the book in front of me, no. and I don't remember what it is. No. But if you look up Pappy Land, Wright Thompson, you're going to find it, and you're going to love it. We can't wait to talk to you about that one in two weeks, and then we'll be moving on into our top books of the year. No, and I uh, might uh, see that one again, you've already said. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've read maybe 15% of it, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty impressive. If you have any suggestions for other books with which we might finish our year, please let us know. You can email us at paperbackreaderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at paperbackreaderspod or on X at pbackreaderspod. That's it. Well, hope everybody's holidays are off to a good start. Stay safe, uh, stay sane, and... If you have any trouble with that, just pull out a good book. Keep reading. Y'all take care.